from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. Oil prices were pushed higher last week by news events. There was a strike in Scotland over the weekend that led to the shutting down of a pipeline, continuing violence in Nigeria that disrupted oil supplies, and a report of shots fired at an Iranian vessel. So what is the United States to do about all this? Phil Flynn of Alaron Trading has some thoughts on what we shouldn't do. Welcome, Phil. Good morning. How are you? Oh, glad to have you. Thank you very much. I'm doing well. Let's start with some basics if we can. First of all, please explain to our audience today how events like the strike in Scotland affect the price of oil. You know, I mean, for years and years and years in this country, we have not built a new refinery. So refinery capacity throughout the world is stretched about as far as you can. So even though this refinery uh, strike is on the other end of the earth, it's going to basically affect the price of of petroleum products across the globe. You know, even here in the United States, we have to be concerned about this strike uh, because this country is dependent on imports. And if this refinery shuts down, there's going to be less imports to be had. So this could have a major impact on price. So it's truly a global market right now. And if you have an upset to the apple cart anywhere on the globe, everybody's going to feel it in the pocketbook. Phil, is it fair to say that any time we see some kind of an upset, as you've described it, that that has had an impact on prices at the pump and also on the global price of crude oil? It is. It does. And and more now than it did probably five or ten years ago. And, you know, the bottom line is, is that, you know, throughout the world we're using more and more energy, more and more gasoline, more and more heating oil, you name it. And um, the refinery capacity is, 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 not, is very tight. You know, and we haven't built enough refineries to keep up with the growing demand. So, yeah, I mean, wherever these things happen, it can have a major impact. And, and we saw a perfect example of that just over uh, the last weekend. Well, as you know, Congress is trying to do something about high gasoline prices right now. And in your blog, you've referred to their plan as Nightmare on Main Street. Why? It is, because it's scary, some of the things that we're hearing out of the Congress right now. It seems across the board, every recommendation pretty much I've heard is not only going to not solve the problem, but about every recommendation that I've heard is going to make it worse. I mean, we've heard stuff from, you know, cutting off arms sales to oil-producing countries to higher taxes uh, to you name it. You know, I think the Congress is really out of touch with what's going on in the world energy markets right now. And it's almost like they don't know where energy comes from. You know, right now you can't uh, offend the oil-producing countries. We need every drop of oil they can produce. And I don't think that blackmail uh, is going, going to make them want to pump more oil. In the past, what we have found is when we tried to strong arm OPEC, it's ended up it ended us up costing us more oil because they have a tendency to react and say, hey, you want to play hardball? We'll, we'll just take more oil off the market. And it would inspire them to do that and have an adversarial relationship. We want to work with our oil-producing countries. Yes, we want to influence them to pump more oil, but I think we have to reason with them and explain to them it's in their best interest to pump more oil. 
because what's happening right now by you know some countries withholding oil production is it's creating more demand destruction that's not going to come back and they may be able to get away with that in the short run but in the long run if if you do damage to the economy you put more airlines out of business you put more people out of work less people are going to be buying their oil and they should learn from history that oil's a boom and bust business You've got to manage the boom times well, or the bus times are going to really make you feel the pain when it happens. And that has an impact on American consumers, doesn't it? Oh, it does. I, I feel sorry for the consumers right now because they're getting it uh, both ways. Uh, and, and I'm afraid our, our members of Congress really haven't done very much to help them. Um, you know, really, uh, it's very clear that uh, we need more oil production in this country, um, and, and yet uh, we're not moving in that direction. Um, we need more refineries in this country, uh, and that's not happening either. So, no, I, I think, uh, if anything, the Congress has probably done more damage to the U.S. consumer uh, by, by restricting energy supply. You know, it's not about, you know, having an energy policy. Uh, this country's had an anti-energy policy. And because we've pursued an anti-energy policy in this country, our economy is now starting to feel the pain. Well, let's look at some of the other suggestions that have come up in Congress. Uh, one is the idea of suspending purchases of oil by the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. What do you think about that? Well, that is an old idea that, uh, you know, I remember another, uh, a few years ago, presidential candidate John Kerry said the same thing. He said it was ridiculous uh, to put oil away at the ridiculously high price of $35 a barrel. Um, obviously, had we stopped purchasing oil for the Strategic Petroleum Reserve at $35 a barrel, it would probably be the same place it was eight years ago. Um, the bottom line is, when it comes to the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, uh, we need to expand that reserve pretty dramatically to reflect growth in our economy. We want to use the Strategic Petroleum Reserve as a deterrent uh, against oil-producing countries cutting off our oil supply. And if we start using the Strategic Petroleum Reserve for short-term political gain, it's going to lose its effectiveness. Well, what if we used it, as some people have suggested, um, to release some oil from the reserve in hopes of perhaps reducing the upward pressure on price. The problem is is that the Strategic Petroleum Reserve isn't big enough to try to use it as a federal reserve of oil. You know, if we want to start using the SPR to influence oil prices, uh, we're going to have to you know, make the reserve ten times larger than it is now. I, I know in the past OPEC has actually tried to slow down the increase of the price of oil Obviously, they can produce a lot more oil than we can release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, uh, and they were unsuccessful. So the bottom line is is that once you start going down that slippery slope to use uh, oil as a price manipulation uh, network, it's, the SPR is going to lose its value uh, uh, for Strategic Reserve. And, uh, you know, there is no end in sight. And the, the sad part about it is, is that it won't have the desired effect. You may influence prices for a week or a day, um, but you're just going to, uh, you know, uh, not solve the basic problem, which is producing more oil and uh, accessing more oil. Well, let me give you a, a something else that some members of Congress have talked about, and it has to do with allowing the U.S. government to take legal action against OPEC for holding down supplies of oil. Does that 
make sense to you from a, a market perspective? It would make, you know, I'm against cartels. I think what they're doing is, is not a good thing for the world markets. But you might as well sue the man in the moon. You know, who says that we have jurisdiction? We can sue them all we want. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that uh, we know in the past that that has had little effect. And so, I mean, it's good to talk about, uh, but in reality, it's not going to help the situation. You know, it's good for headlines. It's good for making people feel good. Hey, we're going after those OPEC guys. Uh, but, you know, over the long run, it isn't going to solve the problem. You know, and I think that goes back to the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. I mean, trying to use the SPR, um, you know, and cut off, you know, buying oil for the reserve in a tight global market for every barrel of oil we don't buy, uh, somebody else is going to buy it. So it's not like that oil is just going to sit there and go down in price. As we learned from, you know, when they were talking about cutting off supplies at $35 a barrel, you know, price is no object when it comes to our national security. And I think we need to build the reserve so it acts as a uh, deterrent against, um, you know, oil-producing countries cutting off our supplies. And it's there when we need it. Prices, though, are very important, obviously, to consumers, to folks that have cars and trucks and are simply trying to do business, uh, uh, work through commerce, uh, even go to school and church. I mean, it's expensive to drive right now. So what do you think about this idea of providing a summer holiday from the federal gasoline and diesel taxes? You know, anytime the government wants to give me money back, I'm not going to turn them down. I don't care. Um, I think we're overtaxed as, as a country anyway, to be honest with you. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, the government uh, could do well to spend their money more wisely as opposed to coming to us for more. On the other hand, in the past, uh, when this has been recommended, I've been against it. And if you gave everybody ta a tax holiday, you know, prices might come down, people would consume more, and we would tighten supplies all over again, and it wouldn't really have any long-term effect. This year it's a different story. I mean, this year you have the price of gasoline going up, why the consumers are cutting back and consuming less, and to me, I think the consumers deserve a break. Um, you know, it's not like we're going to have... Um, you know, less gas if consumers uh, consume a little more. But they're getting hit both ways right now um, because of the decline in the value of the dollar. Uh, these consumers are, are, are getting squeezed even though they are cutting back. So in this particular case, I think it would be a good idea to allow um, the, uh, uh, the tax break for this summer. So the tax break, uh, increased access to our own oil supplies here, um, more refining capacity. What else would you recommend that the government push for right now? Stay out of it, guys. Leave us alone. Let the oil industry do what they need to do. You know, I mean, everybody gets on the oil company for making, you know, quote-unquote record profits. The bottom line is we better hope as a country that our oil companies are making a lot of money because they don't have to just compete you know, with other oil companies. They have to deal with a world where governments are nationalizing oil supplies. They have to deal with a world where the risk uh, to get oil is so much higher and more expensive than it has been. You know, if anything, we should encourage our oil companies to produce oil supplies. I mean, I don't understand why it's up to the oil industry to uh, basically subsidize alternative fuels on their own time. 
because why do they signal out the oil industry to do that? There's a lot of other industries in, in, um, in, in this economy that are making a lot of money right now, um, and they don't have nearly the risk or the risk capital invested uh, as the oil companies. If you want to encourage alternative fuels, you want the government to do it, I think that the uh, taxes uh, should be spread around the board. You know, you shouldn't pick on one industry that is struggling to be successful and, and bring ample supplies and penalize them uh, just because they're successful. You know, there's been a lot of businesses in the past that have been successful in this country, and um, I, the steel industry back in the 60s, for example. And, um, you know, one time they were making a lot of money. And the government said, hey, you're making too much money. I think we ought to give, you know, have you give some of that money back. Well, you know, the bottom line is what they should have done is use those profits to invest in the future. Um, and because they didn't, you know, we know what happened to the U.S. steel industry. So um, you've really got to be very, very careful. Profits aren't bad. Profits are a reflection of an industry that needs further investment to continue to grow. That'll have to be the last word. Phil Flynn, thank you so much for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.